Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergera.com. Let's go. Have a seat, have a seat. Thank you, Pastor Scott. And thank you, young Eden, over here on the keys. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man, the presence of God is so thick in this place. I feel like I could run through this concrete wall. I, uh, man, is anybody else just completely electrocuted this morning by his presence and his power in this room? Come on. I don't, I'm not convinced. It might be just me and seven of us. Okay, we'll, we'll take it, man. Me and seven, which with the Lord, we the majority. Let's go. Oh, man, but who is so grateful to be found in the house of God this morning? Come on. Who's already better than they were when they walked in? Come on, that is the tangible overflow of what his presence done, does. He, see, he is here, he is ruling, he is reigning, he is active, and he is in this moment. He has been in this room, and everything changes in this moment. And I, and I gotta tell you, I understand, I'm from the generation of hyperbole. I get it. But friends, this is not hyperbolic. This is the truth of God's word, that where two or more are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. Amen? Amen? A.M., yes. So where his presence is, his person is, there is Jesus, and he is ruling, and he is reigning in this room, and everything in us that is still not redeemed, still not uh, fully surrendered and resurrected back onto him into new life in Christ Jesus, filled with his Holy Spirit, anything that is not resurrected has to be resurrected in this moment. Amen? He is healing, he is delivering, he is setting captives free, even right now. That's how good our God is. And if you're not convinced of that, it is my prayer that by the end of today, you would be emphatically convinced of the truth of who Jesus is today. Amen? Fantastic. Well, I'm so glad to be here this morning. I'll tell you what, man, the Lord is in this place. And this morning, we are continuing the prophetic word, the stewardship of the prophetic word for our house in 2023, and it is fire upon the earth. Fire upon the earth. It comes out of Luke 12, 49 through 50. Open up your Bibles, tear open that bad Jackson. I am telling you, it'll set you ablaze if you're new with us this morning. But we have taken this word for our house, and we have stewarded it for now 33 weeks. Come on, somebody. And we ain't stopping. We are preaching the same word, the same message, the same heart, the same call, the same prophetic word for this house for 365 days, Daddy. That's what we're here for. And so this morning is no different. We are going to steward this until we see ourselves, the call of this house, to be the fire upon this region. It's what you and I were made for. If you open up Luke 12, 49 through 50, you will see Jesus one of two times he's ever in distress in the Bible. One is when he says, I have a baptism of fire and I am distressed until I deliver it. And the other moment of distress is in the garden before he is given over to be crucified. Makes it pretty important, doesn't it? So it is my heart and my prayer that we would take this year, we would steward this well, and we would allow God to burn in us, burn upon us, and burn through us for his glory. Amen? Fantastic. So if you're taking notes, where are my note takers at? Holler at your boy. Come on, get your notepads out. Get ready to abuse them. Title of my sermon this morning, and yes, we say sermon here. We don't say message because every nation has its own language. Every nation has its own slang. Every nation has its own idioms and cultures, and the church is a holy nation, a royal priesthood, and for us, we don't give TED Talks or pep talks. Amen? We give sermons. If sermon was good enough for Jesus, by golly, it's good enough for you and me. Amen? Amen. 
So the title of my sermon this morning is The Fire That Sent Out. The Fire That Sent Out. The Fire That Is Sent Out. If you've got your Bibles, you can open up to Matthew 10, 1 through 15. If you want a little cheater, you can look at Matthew 10, 8 over here, but it'll be on the Sky Bible behind me. And could we just give it up for Kenny and Kelsey in the booth holding it down for us? Unsung heroes. And Kelsey, you do belong. You do belong. We're so grateful you're a part of this family. All right, Matthew 10, 1 through 15. If you don't have a Bible, there's plenty of ESVs out there. They're blue, and you can have one of those on us. Or check yourself into a hotel and steal yourself a Gideon. But either way. Their Bibles are around. Matthew 10, 1 through 15. Here we go. And he called to him his 12 disciples, and he gave them all authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The name of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who was called Peter, Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, Philip, and Bartholomew. Bartholomew's a great name. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, my guy. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon, the zealot, Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles, enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Not the kingdom of heaven is coming. Not the kingdom of heaven will happen. No, the kingdom of heaven is what? at hand heal the sick raise the dead cleanse the lepers cast out demons you have received without paying give without pay acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or staff for the laborer deserves his food but whatever town or village you enter find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart as you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. And if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet. And when you leave that house or that town, truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Stiff drink from the lamb. We're going to pray and we're going to see what the Lord will do. Sound good? Come, Lord Jesus. Father, we love you. Father, we thank you in this moment for everything that you're doing. Father, I pray. I pray today, Lord, that you have found yourself a yielded people. I pray today that you found a people that when you put dreams of a bride in Jesus' heart, God, you would look upon Takeover Church and you would see that dream realized. You would see that dream, that dream in Jesus' heart where he sits on his throne and he goes, I can't wait until my bride does X, Y, and Z, until she becomes X, Y, and Z, until I see myself reflected in her. I can't wait, Father. That prayer, that moment in Jesus' mind and in his heart, that treasure that he has for his bride, God, I pray that would be this house. I pray the treasure of Jesus' heart for the bride that he is preparing for himself, God, I pray today you would look down and you may not see a fully formed, set apart, completely consecrated bride yet, but you would see the budding bride. You would see the budding. You would see the fruit begin to come of a bride that Jesus is looking for in Michigan and goes, yeah, she's mine. She's like me. She gets me. She understands me. She burns the way I burn. She fights the way I fight. She loves the Father the way I love the Father. She has the Spirit the way I have the Spirit. And she values my word, which is me, the way I value my word, which is myself. Father, I pray today that you would find that yielded people in this room. And if we're not yet fully yielded, God, I pray, for a, I pray for the surrendering spirit to move in this room and bring us all, buckle us all to our knees of yield, God. 
We healed for a great many of things in 2023. Chief among them, first and foremost, must be Lord Jesus. So Holy Spirit, come. Make us a yielded bride. In Jesus, my name of faith-filled, yielded church set. Amen. Amen. Come on. The fire that is sent out. The fire that is sent out. The fire that is sent out. You see, oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine, friends, what it would be like to be such a yielded people that healing was easy? Could you imagine with me for a second that you and I, we would be such a yielded people, men, women, infant, and children, young and old, seasoned saints, and freshly newborn, reborn Christians, every single one of us in between, if all of a sudden we were such a yielded people that deliverance was easy. Could you imagine with me for a second? Could you imagine with me if we were the single most yielded and combustible people not just in Grand Rapids, but in the entire Midwest, right here at 3584 Roger B. Chaffee Memorial Boulevard, Grand Rapids, Michigan, 49548. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if we were the yielded and combustible people of God, that we weren't just so set ablaze, that we were a wildfire running rampant, burning and touching whatever it is that we desire, but no, friends, no, 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 we were yielded and combustible in such a way that God was able to hit every single target he aims at by pointing you and I at it. Every region he deems this is going to be mine, he would send from Takeover Church. Every city, every people, every family member, every prodigal, every lost sheep in your workplace, every lost sheep in your home, he would take us and like a laser pointer, he would point us and we would burn through and through and through until everything is made new. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if that was you and I? I believe, friends, there is a great call in this generation and a great call for you and I as Christians to be that yielded and combustible people that God desires to unleash. And this is more than just great Pentecostal preaching. This is more than simply word of faith preaching. And it is good, trust me, but I'm telling you this morning, this is a reality that you and I, we have been called into, that we come and be, have been birthed out of a generation whose greatest sin is not that they were given over to being yielded and combustible. No, instead, they were given over to being stagnant and dormant. We come from a people who worshiped the word of God while simultaneously not worshiping the word of God. We come from a people who believe in God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Bible and we have left ourselves dry and without an oil, without an anointing, without a call, without a mantle because we have replaced Holy Spirit with the Holy Scriptures which are the infallible, inherent Word of God and entirely trustworthy. We build our lives upon it absolutely. However, what I am saying, friends, what I am saying, friends, is that there is so much more available to us because there is the logos, the written word, but then the spirit blows on it and it becomes rhema, the spoken word, and suddenly you and I come alive. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. You see, our generation before us, they gave themselves over to being the stagnant and the dormants for so long. 
And I'm not talking, don't hear me as, the, as a, like a 30-some-year-old, okay? I'm not talking about like the people in their 50s. I'm talking about previous generation that's no longer with us or maybe is older and still hoping that a revival comes. I'm not talking about anybody in this room. What I'm saying is the church, especially in the West in America, we were so given over to the worship of things over the worship of the one thing. We were so given over to building ourselves great, immaculate buildings, not in an artistic worship to God like in the Renaissance in the days of old. Man, churches were beautiful back then, weren't they? But instead, we have built the McDonald's of churches, the Walmarts of churches. The, uh, you Come on, somebody, you know it. Some of us, we go into a church and it looks more like Target than it does the tabernacle, and we're going, what is happening? I'm telling you, there is an invitation in this hour for our generation and it is the invitation of our lifetime. It's the invitation of intimacy with Him. Because here's the real deal. What you've got to understand is stagnant and dormant can't light stagnant and dormant on fire. I know, deep revelation, right? Deep revelation. Here's another deep revelation. Fire only gets started by other fire. Right? Like fire begets fire. Deep stuff this morning. Deep stuff. Third heavens level stuff right here. But this is actually some things that you and I, we have to begin to identify that there is a stagnant, there is a dormant in the generation that has come previous before us. And I am telling you, friends, if we want to be, if we want to see a fire set out, how many of you know a fire first has to be set in? If we want to be a fire that is sent out, a fire must first be established within. Now, preach to anybody this morning. I am telling you, friends, there is something readily available that Jesus has prepared a table for us to send us out, to send us forth, and to put us out into the world and bring to them. But friends, if we do not understand the very thing that the early church and the disciples understood, we will miss out on our opportunity. We will reject our RSVP. We will leave Jesus on red. And you and I, we will continue on being stagnant and dormant like so many of our brothers and sisters that have come before us, when he is saying, no, 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 no. There is a yieldedness and a combustibility that I am looking for in my bride. And you can be it. You can have it. I can establish it in you. Does anybody want to be yielded and combustible? You see, here's the deal. I pray today that like iron to flint, like tinder to flint. No, not the tinder that some of us need to get off of, said the Lord. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's some unclean fire. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying like tinder strikes flint, you and I need to make ourselves into a yielded, combustible people. Amen. So Pastor Matt, what does this have to do with all of this? What does it have to do with the scripture that you're reading? You see, I love this portion of scripture. Anytime I can look at Jesus and the boys, man, I get lit on fire. You want to know why? Because it is so easy for me to get this picture in. Because Paul says in Hebrews, he says that Jesus is the perfect image of the living God. Jesus is perfect theology. He is the radiant beauty of God personified. He is the word, as John put it, he is the word made flesh and dwelt among us. 
And so anytime we can look at Jesus, we can look at how he moves, what he says, what he doesn't say, where he goes, where he doesn't go, how he operates and how he doesn't operate. It gives way for you and I to know how to live this life and live it according to his will. His will. And so I love this moment in scripture because I love Jesus and the gang and all of a sudden, Jesus is gathering his boys. He's gathering them. He's getting ready to send them out. He's getting ready to send the fire out. See, he's been speaking to his church. He's been establishing for himself a people. He has been making a kingdom amongst himself. The disciples were the early church, not just the early church, though. They were Jesus' first students. Jesus was their pastor. And so everything, you've got to hear this today, everything Jesus taught, did, or said, or put in motion through his people is to be taught and said, put in motion and put out by you and me, his people. You see, we got a, <laughs> we got a weird time that we live in where Christians suddenly believe in a Jesus enough to save them. But they don't believe in a Jesus enough that sends them. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. We love salvation from Jesus, but we don't always love being the conduit of salvation for Jesus. You see, there is this thing that you and I, we have got to begin to understand. If you have decided, you've bent the knee, you've made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. Do I got any Christians in the house? If you have bent the knee and you've made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, and you go, Jesus, when you say whom the Son sets free is free indeed, I believe that, I receive that, go and sin no more, your faith has made you well, I forgive you. If you believe these words and you say, I accept Jesus' salvation and forgiveness for my life, if you accept that as truth, therefore, you must also accept this moment in Scripture as truth. See, we live in a time and place where, for whatever reason, it's easier to wrap our head around death and salvation in heavenly places. And it's incredibly difficult for us to wrap our head around and get it on the inside of us that Jesus longs to bring heaven here. Yeah. Jesus longs to bring heaven here. He doesn't just preach fire insurance and he's not just selling you fire insurance. He is selling you. He is giving you. He has bought you. He has purchased you. And he is giving you all authority. All authority over sickness, spirits, and serpents. Sickness, spirits, and serpents. You know your boy likes three. Sickness, serpents, and spirits. And so, with friends, I'm telling you this. If you have accepted, uh, put it this way. If you have received everything from Jesus except his authority, you haven't received everything from Jesus. If you have received, you lay claim to, you say, yes, this is for me. This is for today. This is what the word of God emphatically says. If you receive everything from Jesus except his authority, you have not received everything from Jesus. You have not received everything from Jesus. See, I love this part. Jesus, he's getting ready to send his boys out. And he, he says a massive statement. But it's confirmed for the rest of the church all throughout the rest of Scripture. So you just got to understand. Crack your Bibles open for yourself and understand that you are called, that you have a plan, and that he has put gifts and talents on the inside of you via the Holy Spirit to do just that. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons, friends. That is you and that is me. Or as Peter, the leader of the early church, likes to say, we're the church, those that laugh at death. 
those that laugh at death. And what's wild is we live in a time and place where we have got a lot of critical spirits in the church. So no longer does the church laugh at death and believe for life. Now they laugh at life and they give over to death. Haha, <laughs> you believe that? Yeah, I do with everything in me. With everything in me. And so you got to understand, Jesus starts this off and he goes, listen, listen, listen. For my church, my people, not just the 12 in front of me, but for all my people, I have given over all authority. Pause. All. Somebody say all. all. Somebody say all. all. Now say it with your chest. All. all. He has given all authority over to his people. Not just a portion. Not just a measurement, not just an increment, not just a smidge, not just a little, not just a lot, but not all. No, he gave you what? He gave you all authority. And see, friends, you and I, we have got to get the same revelation that the disciples had about Jesus. Because, friends, for whatever reason, here we are. We should be progressing 2,000 years later. Instead, we have regressed some 2,000 years before where it's like the Holy Spirit falls on some but not on all. And next thing you know, we're worshiping people and prophets again over God himself. We have gone in reverse from Pentecost. And it is time for us to get our butts in gear. Amen? I'm preaching this morning, and you've got to understand... I am trying, I am trying desperately for you to believe the word of God. I believe, friends, here is the crux of this morning. Whatever you believe, you receive. Whatever you believe, you receive. Whatever you believe, you receive. If you don't believe healing is for today, guess what you won't receive? Healing today. If you don't believe deliverance is for today, guess what you won't receive? Deliverance today. If you don't believe healing isn't for today, guess what you will not take part in? Being the hands and feet of Jesus bringing healing today. If you don't believe healing is for today, guess what you will not be a part of? Being the hands and feet of Jesus birthing deliverance, casting out devils today. And I'm telling you, the reason the church is in the condition that she is in is because for a, lot of, for a long time and a lot of people, we did not believe, therefore we did not receive. Your faith will rise to however big or small you think your God is. Your faith will rise to however big or however small you think your God is. And I am telling you, Jesus lays it out here right now. He says, don't even have a question about it. Don't even have a second thought about it. Don't get a little seed of doubt that you allowed to give birth to and that you water with your tears when you were going through it and you relent to the voice in your head that says, God cannot heal, God cannot deliver, God cannot sustain. He is saying, I have given all authority. You see, the thing that the disciples knew about Jesus, that you and I, we need to start knowing about Jesus, we need to get this on the inside of us, is that what Jesus says, Jesus means. What Jesus says, Jesus means. You see, one of the greatest travesties, I'm going to upset some people right now, I'm aware, uh, email me at uh, youngmicah at takeovergr.com. <laughs> get back to you real quick. Listen, one of the greatest things of division that has ever happened in the church was that we put out a lead, a lead a red letter edition of the Bible. We put out a red letter edition of the Bible because all of a sudden we have Christians who live literally only by the quote unquote red letters that Jesus spoke. 
created mass division because in his word, Paul records and Jesus gave birth to his word, right? He says, all scripture is God-breathed, God-inspired, able to reprove, rebuke, build up, edify, come on somebody, the saints. And so all of a sudden, we put out this red letter thing, and then we got snotty Christians who were like, uh -huh, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus didn't say that. I'm a red letter Christian. Anytime you put anything before Christian, you have already, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, you have already pushed Jesus off his throne for a lesser Christ. Anytime. I'm a Pentecostal Christian. I'm a Pentecostal, but I'm a Christian first. What is a, what is a Pentecostal? Someone who believes Acts 2 happen. Easy. <laughs> but that's the deal. I'm nothing before Jesus. I'm not a redheaded Christian. I'm not a white cisgender male Christian. No, no, I'm a Christian. I have been saved by Jesus. And yes, there are only two genders, just to clarify. But none of that has any bearing on who I am in Christ. No Jew, no Greek. No Gentile, no Samaritan. I'm telling you, we have done a great job of causing division. And I'm telling you, we need to get back to unity in Christ around the word and spirit of God. We are a spirit and truth church, in case you are wondering. What is this denomination? Jesus said it. There will come a time when my followers, they worship me in what? Spirit and in truth. We don't worship in division as a divided nation, a.k.a. denominations. We worship him in spirit and truth. Amen? Am I just ruining plans right now? Good. I hope so. But here's the deal. The disciples knew something about Jesus that you and I desperately need to get on the inside of us. And it's not just simply something that Jesus says, it's what we see them do. It's how we see the disciples respond to Jesus. You see, the disciples were able to trust the word of Jesus because they learned through enough time with Jesus that what Jesus says he means and what he means he says. Jesus means what he says, and he says only what he means. Why? Because he understands that every word, every syllable, every punctuation mark that departs his mouth and goes off of his lips has universe-creating powers in it, has fig-tree-cursing powers in it. Appreciate anybody this morning? Every single syllable, phrase, and punctuation mark that comes from the lips of God can either make the greatest thing of all time or it can destroy all of the things of all time so Jesus means what he says and he says only what he means and I got to tell you friends our God does not take kindly to being called a liar because he says himself God is not a liar God is not like man that he should lie but God is truth let God be the truth and every man be a liar amen and so what do the disciples know that you and I fail to realize? We fail to realize that it is intimacy that begets ministry, not ministry that begets intimacy. You see, we've been saying this for weeks, but it bears repeating. Ministry does not beget intimacy. Intimacy begets ministry. You see, we live in a time and place right now where everyone is seeking. We want demonstration without consummation. We want sex without marriage. We want identity without Christ. I appreciate anybody. We want significance without the most significant one. We want fame while man was not made for glory but to give glory. 
And this is the world that we live in and somehow it's seeped its way into the bride. And I am telling you, friends, there is something the disciples knew that you and I need to get on the inside of us. And that is this. Jesus rules and reigns from his throne. Jesus has not abdicated his throne, yet Christians have abdicated the prayer room and the secret place. Pastor Matt, what do you mean by that? Jesus rules and reigns from his throne and Christians establish the will of God in the earth from his throne in what? The secret place in the prayer room. So if he hasn't abdicated his throne that he rules and reigns from, why have we abdicated the most powerful place that you and I have, you and I have, have available to us on this earth today? The secret place in the prayer room. You see, Jesus... In this moment, he says, I give over all authority over sickness, serpents, and spirits. So what is it about these disciples that they were able to be entrusted with so much? See, the disciples do what you and I so often don't. The reason Jesus could give over all authority to the disciples is because he had disciples who have already given over all the authority to Jesus. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? The reason they could be trusted with all authority is because they have already entrusted Jesus with all authority. You want to have authority over everything else? Start by giving Jesus authority of everything inside of you. This is what he was working with. This is what Jesus had. He had a yielded and combustible people. They didn't just do what they wanted to do. They did what he wanted them to do. They didn't just do what they thought was a great idea. No, they did what he said was a great idea. And when they went and they moved in their own ideas and their own ideologies, guess what happened? Demons didn't flee. Little girls didn't get healed. God didn't move. Why? Because glory follows order, my friends. And so if you want to begin to move in an authority over everything else. You gotta start by giving over authority of everything else. You see, Jesus gives authority over when he has received authority in. And this is what we see modeled. This is what we see in this moment. The, the, the disciples, they are given authority over all sickness, serpents, and spirits. And I just like the three S's. I know it's not exactly how it's said, but roll with me, it's gonna make sense in a second. But suddenly their ministry is moving in power. It is moving in demonstration. But friends, hear me today. Power comes, but it comes post-prayer. Power comes, but it comes post-prayer. Power comes, but it comes post-prayer. Jesus never gives demonstration before consummation. And this is what you and I have got to realize on the inside of us. If we want to begin to move in a Matthew 10, 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons kind of capacity, then we have got to start doing things we've never done before. You want to do things you've never done, you've got to start giving over things you've never given over before. You want to move in authority you've not yet seen, you've got to start giving over authority in areas Jesus hasn't yet seen. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? This is the reality of the Christian life. God will entrust you with more as you entrust him with everything. This is how it works. He doesn't just give over some or increments. He gives over all, but it's in, hear me today, it's in relationship to you giving over everything first. 
And these disciples knew it. Even on down to Judas. Hear me today. Judas is named at the end of this. And Judas is named the betrayer. And I, I, that's crazy to me that it's in there because it hasn't happened yet. But it's so great because here's the deal. Even Judas, even Judas Iscariot, who traded Jesus for like what would equal out to like some mere $600 today. Yeah, could you imagine handing over the Savior of the world for $600? What could you possibly do with $600 that would replace everything Jesus is able to do? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. We would worship it and we would spend it on Netflix. How dumb. How dumb. And so here's the deal. Judas Iscariot was still used and given over all authority Signs and wonders, they followed Judas where he went. The word of God records this, hear me today. Signs and wonders follow those that, what? Believe. So now we're right back to the beginning. You will receive that which you believe. You will receive that which you believe. And here's the crazy part about Judas. Jesus gave Judas authority over everything while Judas gave Jesus authority over everything. You got to get this this morning. You see, Judas had authority over everything until he took back his authority over everything. Judas himself had authority over everything until he took back authority over everything. Judas had authority over everything until he took back authority over, and let's just put it this way, anything. You see, what's amazing in this moment is that even Judas, for a time, guess what? He entrusted all authority of his life over to Jesus. And Jesus, in return, gave Judas authority over everything else. Until Judas took back the pen. <coughs> Have you ever looked at the single most powerful word? In the word authority? Yeah, I've got like a tickle in my throat. <clears> I <throat> think I got it. There we go. And we back. You ever looked at the main word, the root word, and the word authority? It's author. It's author. It's authorship. The one who has authority is the author. And Jesus takes all of his authorship and he gives us the pen guided by his hand to write the story his way, to do the things he wills, and to write a more beautiful story in the earth for the earth of him. But when we decide to not just be handed the pen, but instead we take the pen for ourselves... All of a sudden, we take back the pen of life from the author of life. And we think we can write a better story than he can. What happens? Judas had all authority of Jesus until Judas took back all authority from Jesus. You see, we know it says that when, G when Judas betrayed Jesus, that Satan entered him. Satan entered him when he betrayed Jesus. Well, Pastor Matt, I thought you just got done declaring to us this morning that God has given us all authority over what? Serpents and spirits. And I'm pretty sure serpents and spirits both kind of uh, cover the devil. They do. 
So that means if Judas at one point had all authority over serpents and spirits, but Satan still entered him, that means at some point, friends, let's do some prophetic math this morning, that he took back the authority from Jesus that he first gave to Jesus, and whether he gave it to the devil himself, or he gave it to the spirit of manna that he ended up receiving, or he gave it to whatever it was, lust of money, either way, two things had to happen. Judas took back his authority that he first gave Jesus over his life. And because of that, whoever he gave it to doesn't really matter. It left an opening for the devil to enter him. And let me tell you this, as Christians who have moved in power before, do I got anybody who's ever laid hands? Anybody who's given a prophetic word? Anything? Yeah, we got, come on, don't be shy. Gosh, stop. We've, we've all done this. Come on. Yes, amen. Look at that. Amazing. Anyone who's been involved in healing, prophetic, deliverance, ministry, all these things, we have all had seasons in our life where we thought we moved in a greater measure of power than we did before. And then suddenly we find ourselves in a season of life where it seems like, man, my, maybe my power is a little bit less, my authority is a little bit dimmed. All of a sudden, it seems like my prayers aren't as powerful, as effective as James declares that a righteous person's is. And all of a sudden, what doesn't add up and what makes all the sense when we begin to examine this scripture today for ourselves, we realize, man, we must have taken some of the authority back. When you begin to move in a lesser dynamic than you did before, I would start there. Start looking and going, what area in my life have I decided to crawl off the altar on? What area in my life? Is it pornography? Have I relented to pornography? Have I relented to dating apps? Have I relented to not trusting God in this area or with my finances or my spouse or whatever it is? In what area in my life did I suddenly begin to take a little bit of that authority back and I was fooled into believing I could write a better story than God? Because that's exactly what happens to Judas. Is he began to take back authority from the living Christ who gave him all authority. And the byproduct and result of that rebellion was that Satan entered him. So we want to talk about deliverance, right? It's entirely possible that you and I as Christians can do things and live in a way to open a door to allow Satan, the demonic devils, to enter our lives and suddenly begin to rule and reign us. And we don't have a physical Christ anymore to martyr and put upon a cross. But friends, if we live as demonized, we will continue to martyr that Christ again and again and again in our lives, having him to continually pour out his blood, even though it's one time and he's done it and he's covered and he's defeated all of hell, sin, death, and the grave forever. Amen? But we will continually hold sin against him because we have held ourselves open to sin. I didn't even plan on going there this morning, but the Lord is rolling in it. Hear me today. Judas is the greatest case study for how Christians can be demonized, how Christians can give away in a foothold unto Satan to move in their lives. And I'm telling you, it starts when you and I decide we can take back the author's pen for ourselves and write a better story in any area than he can. Is this too real? Do I need to bring the worship team back up? Do we just need to spend a little more time with Jesus? Or are we okay at the moment? 
are trying to teach you how to fight this year. The Lord said to me, he said, Matt, the summer, teach my people to pray. That is what we are doing. I am teaching you to pray. We have got to be a praying people. The only way we get lit on fire is when we engage with fire, when we play with fire, when we're found in fire, running with fire. Amen? And this is the byproduct of that, friends. You have got to relent all authority within yourself, and Jesus will give you authority of everything outside yourself. Hear me this morning. A river runs where there is no dam. A river runs where there is no objection. A river runs where there is only open obedience. A river goes where it is unobstructed, where it is unrelented to, when it is open and entirely obedient to the flow of the river, and that is our God. A word for us in this church right now is that a river runs to the depths. A river runs to the deep person out of Ezekiel 47. It's been wrecking me, and I can't wait to go into that in the fall. But friends, I'm giving you a peek around the corner. Understand this. We want to see, and we want to steward, and we want to walk out Matthew 10 8. We have got to start making ourselves deep. We have got to start deepening ourselves in the prayer room, in the secret place, in the intimate places with God, because the only way you and I are ever going to believe every word Jesus ever spoke is if we spend time with Jesus. And that's exactly what the disciples did. They were so intimate with our Jesus that there was no place in their lives that was off limits. He ruled and reigned in every single place, every chamber of their heart, every lobe of their mind, every single shadow inside of them. He lit up and illuminated with his glory. And the same is available to you and I. In fact, I would say even to a greater measure. Why? Because Jesus had 12 disciples and one still lived in disobedience and rebellion and Satan was able to enter him and now we understand the ramifications of that. But now... The Spirit of Christ lives on the inside of all of his people. So by sheer mass volume, Jesus is able to reach and do and have greater works than ever before through you and me, even more than they experience themselves. But the key is still the same. It's still the same doorway, and it is still the one way. Intimacy begets ministry. You've got to believe before you receive. Too many Christians, they want to receive the glory and then they'll believe, but that's not what the disciples' lives teaches. That's not what we see in Scripture. Jesus asked them time and time again, who do you say that I am? They had to believe before they received. You're the living Christ, the ones with the word of life. Where else could we go? And then Jesus follows up Peter saying that with, Upon that revelation, that rock, what you just said, that's how I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell can't even bat an eye at her. This is the power that's available to you and I, but it's got to come out of a place of prayer. It's got to come out of a place of intimacy. You want to see bodies raised from the dead? Get low before him. You want to see healing in your workplace? Get low before him. All authority. But we live like God is some broke, middle-aged, mid-wage dad with 50 billion kids and you have gotten 75 cents of all that he has. That is not who our God is. And so we continue with the scripture and 
He says, I'm telling you, I'm sending you out. Go out, cast out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Freely you have been given, so freely give. We got to pause right there for a moment. Hear me today. All of a sudden, we see the Great Commission in a new light, and Christians, we're now made aware. So wait, Jesus, you're saying that simply sharing the gospel isn't just telling people about you? No. Some would argue the greatest demonstration of the gospel is a demonstration of the gospel. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. Well, Pastor Matt, you're telling me this morning that sharing the good news isn't simply posting Christian things on Facebook but then living like a heathen in the real world? Certainly not. And yet, these are really the kind of two traps that most Christians, we kind of fall into today. We will post things that we don't live out. We will live in ways that don't back up what we've posted. And we have this mandate when Jesus says, I have creative universal power in my words and I have told you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. You can do all of that and so much more. Why? Because my word has gone forth and it does not return void. I think every single word that has departed from the mouth of God ever, whether it was logos written or rhema in spirit, I think it is moving around continually, not returning void. It is out there and Jesus is on his throne as a word passes by that he spoke 2,000 years ago and he is just waiting for a bride to jump up and catch it and say, yes, me. Yes, I am. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. I'm your servant. If that word is still going out, you're still raising the dead in 2023, then yes, Lord, that's mine. I will take it, I will heed it, I will steward it, I will guard my purity, I will guard for moral failure, I will guard myself from giving over to gambling spirits and alcoholism and drug abuse, I will guard myself from the roars of the one who is like a lion but is truly a satanic kitten. I will guard what you have spoke. Which leads me to the next part of this. You see, Jesus, he says, freely you have been given, so freely you shall receive. Or freely you, should, you have given, so freely you should give. Hear me this morning. Jesus isn't talking about money in this moment. He gets the money in the next verse. He, gets, he talks about getting paid in the next verse. This is about freely you've been given, so freely you should give. We have got a lot of Christian gatekeepers today. I know that's a hot topic word, and I know the world has used it, but let me use it in the church. Let me redeem that word right now. I am telling you, we have got Christians who have been gatekeeping, friends, the power and the moves of God. Because they, whether they've read it and they believe it, but they don't teach it, or they read it and they don't believe it, therefore no one receives it. We have gatekept. We have closed off the kingdom of heaven while proclaiming to be citizens, but we've never visited. We've never been back. We don't sound like, we don't act like, we don't look like, we're not set apart. We're not the peculiar people that Jesus said my people would be. Suddenly we look more like the world we're called to go into than the world that we come from. I appreciate anybody this morning. I'm telling you, being alone with Jesus will make you peculiar because you've already stood before and confessed everything to the one who can destroy body and soul. What can man do to you? And he says, freely give. 
because freely you have received. So many of us, we can't even share our testimony. We can't even share salvation with anybody, let alone demonstrations of his power. I am telling you, friends, as long as we remain silent, the power remains off. As long as we remain closed off, heaven will not move in our midst. I am telling you, friends, freely you have been given, so freely you shall give. See, in this time, there was witches, there was warlocks. They had the crystals, they had the shakabuka bullcrap that we have going on today. They got all of it. They have all the things that we have going on. And the reason Jesus makes the money statement he does is because people at that time were operating under demonic influences and were taking advantage of people and their money and their finances and duping them by telling them their past because the devil has no clue what the future holds besides his own destruction. So they can bring up mediums and they can talk about people from their past and they can do these things because the devil knows all about your past. He is the spirit of accusation, but he knows nothing about your future because only God has yet to write it. Appreciate anybody this morning? So what if, what if fast forward some 2,000 years later, we weren't gatekeeping the kingdom, but instead we were being insurgents and infiltrating this kingdom with the kingdom, and all of a sudden, instead of people going to tarot card readings, instead of people going to demonic mediums and all of these other things and psychics and getting into crystals and reading their chakras, what if instead of all this crap that is happening in the world, do you know how much money people spend on crystals? Just dig a deep hole, you'll find some. I don't understand this. But they put more hope in this unclean, jagged rock than the cornerstone. So what if all of a sudden the plan of God was getting out through the people of God and even if the people living out God's plan were not God's people... We would see the kingdom of heaven established here and now. What do I mean by that? I mean, what if all the people who are searching a thousand other broken vessels, they knew even if they didn't believe in our Lord, they could come to the church and they would get a word for their future. What if they knew in, in Grand Rapids, I don't got to go to tarot card readings. I don't got to go play with witches and warlocks. I don't got to drink kombucha and rub little chakra bowls around my head. It's true. It's called Sacred Springs. It's over on Wealthy Street. You want to laugh? Go there. But I'm telling you, what if our city knew, no, 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 I may not believe in this Jesus, but they have been spot on. But what if it wasn't just pastors? And what if it wasn't just people on staff? What if it was the Phil and Kayla's on Underwood in the southeast side of Grand Rapids? What if it was Kenneth Gillespie Sr. in Wayland or when he's on a truck driving mission? What if, what if it was you and I? What if we weren't just given over to pastoral titles and all of these things, but we were the yielded, combustible people, and the people in our region knew I could go to take over church if I need a miracle, if I need a word for my future, if I need a word for my kid to be healed, if I need this. I don't got to go to these other broken vessels. I just recognize there's a strange people at 3584 Roger B. Chaffee Memorial Drive, Grand Rapids, Michigan, 49548. And for whatever reason, when they touched me, I was healed. When they spoke to me, I saw my future. When I met them and they hugged me, I felt warmth and worth for the first time in my life. I don't understand it. I don't agree with it. I am completely obstinate to it. But I'm telling you, whatever it is, they have it. Freely you have been given, so freely you shall give. Are you hearing me this morning? What if we were not allowing hell to ransack the earth, but instead we were serving the earth with the very thing hell says that they offer them, 
but cannot actually give them? What if you and I could? Worship team, you can make your way up here. What if we could? Prophet Zach, if you want to grab some anointing bottles and just be ready, that'd be great. What if you and I could? Because what's amazing is this next moment. What's amazing is next moment. Feel free to stand if you would. Is this good? Is this helping anybody this morning? If it's ruining your life, just don't even, it's okay. Hear me. What's amazing is this next part. Jesus says to them, listen, you're going to go into all these towns. You're going to go into all these places. You're going to meet these people. You're going to experience. You're going to do all these things. And you bring a peace with you that nobody else possesses. You bring a presence with you because I have spoken over you. I go with you. I go before you. I have carved a path prophetically, the lane that you are going to go into, and you are going to dig deep, deep, deep wells and cisterns in. So when you go into those cities, when you go into those towns, when you go into those places, know that peace, Jesus, peace comes with you. And if you find people that are worthy, that are going to listen, well, then give them my peace. Give them me. Give them me. If you find people who are ready to hear what the Lord is saying, give them me. But if they reject you, take your peace, leave with your peace, and shake the dust from your feet. I tell you the truth, it would be better to be Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than the town and city and people who rejected you and the peace that comes along with you. Now listen to me. This is incredible because here's the deal. Grand Rapids is either going to give way to the peace of God or it is going to reject us and it is going to be far worse on the day of judgment for Grand Rapids than even Sodom and Gomorrah. Are you hearing me? These are the words of Jesus. This isn't the opinion of Pastor Matt. This isn't the opinion of a scholar. This isn't the opinion of a Bible college teacher. This is the opinion of the one who is the only person able to have an opinion on the matter. The creator of the universe. And so friends, while you and I, we are here, we are called, we are being sent here, we are a fire here. Let me tell you this, if this place doesn't receive us and we need to go start takeover Bangkok, it would be far worse for Grand Rapids than even Sodom and Gomorrah. That's why we labor. That's why we have prayer rooms. That's why we have Wednesday services that are half full. That's why we do these things. Because we are making a home for Him. Because Grand Rapids, it is my heart. You cannot be worse off on Judgment Day than Sodom and Gomorrah. Not while there's breath in my lungs. We cannot allow it. We are a fire that is being sent out. And where we have been sent is the great region of West Michigan. I was in a place called Alaska, Michigan last night, like 12 minutes from here. I've never even heard of it. But God wants Alaska, Michigan. He wants Whalen. He wants Door. He wants Hopkins. He wants East Grand Rapids. He wants Byron. He wants Walker. He wants East Grand Rapids. He wants East Town. He wants Alpine. He wants the Northeast side. He wants Beltline, Rockford, Sparta, Cedar Springs. Everything our region is associated with or touching. He wants it. And he is sending you and I out. But today, friends, today is the day. Somebody tell you, today is the day. Today is the day where we yield over all authority on the inside of us. All of our authority, all of our autonomy. No longer will we operate like some autonomous bride, but we will understand, no, we are married.
where he goes, we go. What he says, we says. What he prays, we pray. What he feels, we feel. What he loves, we love. What he hates, we, we hate. You see, friends, the word of God goes forth and it does not return void. Hear me today. That means that when you leave here, the second you see a cast, the second you, Riley, freaking dude, I love you. It is so good to see you. Wow, so much joy just entered my heart. I love you, dude. Wow. God's got a call on your life, dude. Stick close to home, yeah? I love you. Talk afterwards. God, what a man. Love that man. You see, today we have Christians that when they see a wheelchair, they see a cast, their, their number one goal, their number one objective, their default setting is no longer to stop and pray and believe for a miracle. Instead, we criticize and we wonder and we ask questions and we base an opinion off of what we see aesthetically on them and maybe even a little bit of what we see over them prophetically and suddenly we have developed this whole entire case in our head around a certain person but none of it ends up relating to how we can move over there and get them out of that wheelchair and take those crutches from them. But that's what Jesus does. And that's what Jesus gave us. That is the pearl of great price that we sell off everything for, that we give over all authority unto because the authority that he entrusts us with can flip Grand Rapids upside down that simply moral goodness cannot do. Man-made righteousness cannot achieve. You see, we live in a time and place, I'm telling you. We have Christians who go, well, I just didn't feel prompting. I didn't feel a prompting from the Holy Spirit. If every marriage was built off feelings, every marriage would end. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Marriage isn't about my feelings. It's about the word that I gave, the word that I bind. Not whether I feel in love with you, I'll be in love with you. No, I choose you. I choose to love you. And so Jesus spoke already his word. Jesus has already said his game plan. It doesn't come associated with feelings all the time. So that means this, whether you feel it or not, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast the demons, so you've been given, so you give. It's available to the person in the wheelchair at Walmart, whether you were prompted to or not. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's what you've exchanged for. The greatest exchange rate in all of history was your authority for His. I'm telling you, friends, today is the day where we begin to believe. Today is the day where we begin to receive. Today is the day where we begin to yield every ounce of authority we have. We give over and surrender every ounce of autonomy that we possess. And we take on all authority of heaven that Jesus has given over to us, over everything, both within us and outside of us. I'm appreciating anybody this morning. So in this moment, I'm going to invite the prophet of the house, Zach, and any of my other staff members that are free to come, come to the front. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing Our God Reigns because He absolutely does. Yes. We're going to shame the devil with this anthem. Yes, Jesus. And I'm going to offer you the opportunity because Jesus says such a phrase. Everywhere you go, proclaim 
the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when you exchange all that your hands possess, you receive all that has his hands possess. And what do his, what do his hands possess, friends? The kingdom of heaven. And so today, I didn't want to just preach a message to you on healing. I wanted to preach a message to the healers, to those being sent out today, to go into a world full of sickness, serpents, and spirit, and you've been given complete authority and dominion over them. So we're going to sing, and if you want to get your hands anointed today, if you want to get prayed over, if you want to get commissioned today, even if you don't understand a single thing I have said for the last hour and 20 minutes, but you're going, yes, 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 here I am, Lord, send me. Let Grand Rapids through me, through the relent that I give to you, let it be better off on the day of judgment than Sodom and Gomorrah. Through me, God, you have my yes. I'm going to pray. The altar is open. The oil is up here. And this is a moment for you to get charged, for you to get commissioned, for you to get built up. And for the kingdom of heaven to be exchanged for the kingdom of self that is in your hand. I came to say to the lowest of us this morning, even Judas, then even you. If signs and wonders follow even Judas, then even you. And even you, and even you, and even you. Amen. So I'm going to pray. Make your way forward as you will. And we're going to sing and we're going to worship. And we're going to see what the Lord will do this morning. Father, I ask. Father, I ask right now, Lord, that you would come. That you would come in such a mighty way right now. Holy Spirit, we yield to you. We are. We are the flint to your tender, God. Right now, strike us. Strike us, Lord. Strike us. Strike us, Lord. Strike us. Don't wait for me to be done praying. Move forward. Come get prayer. This is what we're doing. We're giving ourselves over to the assignment and the objective of heaven this morning, right now. Father, strike us. Father, take our hands. Set them apart, God. Consecrate them. Touch the coal of Isaiah to our lips, God. I want to see young people prophesy. I want to see old people healing. I want to see young people delivering. I want to see gifts of the Spirit break out tongues of fire coming and falling in this room God father this isn't for the Christian elite this isn't for those that possess degrees this isn't for those that have been walking with us with the Lord for a long time or a short time this is for everyone this morning every hand can heal every tongue can confess every mouth can prophesy Jesus did not come to pontificate he came to prophesy to dead people that they can live so Father, right now I ask, send your army forward, send your hands and feet forward. May we consecrate them, may we set them apart. This morning, Father God, could you move in Grand Rapids in a greater way, God, where every lunch reservation is turned into a revival service, where every lunch at Grandma and Grandpa's house is turned into the salvation of an entire generation. God, we're from this moment forward, God, every friend group at GVSU, at Calvin, at Kendall, at all the universities represented, suddenly, God, get set ablaze, get redeemed, get resurrected for the glory of King Jesus in this moment. Father, there is a grand rapids that looks more like heaven 
than it does right now and we give our lives over to it we yield ourselves to it we will not keep this for ourselves we will not remain stagnant and dormant as many have gone before us God but prophetically we declare in this moment hear your bride we will be the most yielded and most combustible people in this region if you will come and you will strike us set us ablaze for the glory of God and burn away every iniquity every doubt every impurity and have your way in this moment as we anoint hands as we prophesy over identities as we set people ablaze for the kingdom of God Lord Jesus get your glory because it's here it's now and we give it to you fully we keep nothing for ourselves but all authority we have we give right over to you so come let our God reign not just in this moment but in every moment in every life that leaves this place right now in Jesus mighty name we say amen